play the fight song. All right. Welcome in. We are back. Apparently that was funny. I Okay. It hit zero and you just like kind of sat there and you go, All right. Get the extra Apparently. Good hey, job, Jacob. You're doing great. You're doing great. Get off the desk, guys. My fellow colleague Reese, who's been carrying me all of last week. As you can tell with the sarcastic That's comments um, and the annoying laughs that the other two dipshits are back. The boys are all back together after a great week of college football. Oh, yeah, you're say, good, Jordan. Go ahead, man. I will say you guys did very well last week. You guys did very well last week. I enjoyed it. It was good. Thank you. I didn't Thank think you, anything was off. It all felt right in rhythm. Reese, Schaefer said you got 40 carries. I think you got more like 50 touches, man. Well, a couple screen like passes. We're throwing in the ball a little bit. How many times do you, how many times do I get in the end zone? Do you think how many times do I get in the end zone? Reese, twice, three or we, four at least. Right, my sounds, prediction right. or our my prediction straight on like the Iowa Wisconsin game was bad because I thought Wisconsin obviously was going to win twenty four to whatever. But when we like, we both yep. assessed it, we talked about Iowa winning. We nailed it straight on the head. Like it couldn't have been yep. couldn't have been more. Like, it's gonna be, it's like, there it's were a couple other ones. Don't be so yeah. Um, I have to start this off. I have to address this. The fact, JP, and they did a great job. It was a good mm-hmm. episode. But the fact that Schaefer just had a field day when we're not here just, on our team shots. Are we going to let that go? Like, okay, if somebody's gone, we can just tee off on their team. He That's the week. off. He really did. I, 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 come you on, know, man. It is what it is. I'm, I'm to the point with my team that I know nothing's going to change this year. So I'm just going to accept the way they play football and just go with it. So I had a lot of fun Saturday. That's like... I, I was okay with it because they ran the ball so well. Yeah. They didn't need to throw it. And it, yeah, they, they had to. We were fucked. And mm-hmm. we ran for over 200 yards. We had a lot of good runs. Like I, I thought it was good. We Offensive line looked good outside of bullets. Well, Going straight to the mid-three recap brought to you by Play the Fight Song podcast. No, I, yeah. I will say, JP, the only thing, the only gripe I have with the Iowa fans is that you guys like bitch all year. And now you guys get this big win. And everybody's taking shots at how you guys won in the 37 yards. And now all the Iowa fans are coming out. Oh, oh, what? We're winning the game now. We're winning the game. What, what? You don't like winning? Winning's hard. It's like you guys were the same people that bitched about beating Purdue 20 to 13 last week. And now. Oh, yeah, because that was. Brutal. And that wasn't? Like this, this, I think there was a stepping stone to like, you knew, you thought this year was going to be a little bit different. It wasn't any different. And, and I'm, I'm right there. Trust me. I'm right there. I want change and I want it right after this season. But at the same time, like I just need to just take it for what it is at this point. Now, am I happy with how we're winning games? No, Winning's I'm happy fun. we're winning games. But like, what do you, what do you want? Like, I feel like I'm different than most because most will still find a way to complain about it. And I'm also on the train that I still want to win the West. I think me, it's and, more me and Reese talked about that last week. Like, would you, would you want to win the West? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is a bigger failure, disappointment to not win the West than it is to get beat Fair by enough. 30 in the Big Ten title game. This Big Ten West, the last four years, we should have three titles. We have yeah, one. No. Like, I, that's that's bad. We, I, we need to have I totally more. agree with your point there. We actually, we should have a... I'll take getting beat by 30 for another West title. I think title. That's, one of our offseason episodes should just, like, break down our three teams or... Maybe four if Reese wants to dip into Syracuse and kind of where they go into next year. That We could talk about that for three hours if we really wanted to. But let's move on because we have so much to cover in short little time. Too many big games happened this weekend. I mean, my God, I don't know about you guys last night, but it was like 7.30, 8 o'clock. I, I ran out of TV. <laughs> that's the same thing. I was, I was. There's no way. The only way to solve that problem is a sports yep. book. Which is a good problem to have because there was just fantastic game after fantastic game. I decided to go with, I was like siding on the games that were like closer to the third or fourth quarter. Um, and then kind of went back towards like the USC's mm-hmm. and uh, I think Miami, North Carolina and, and things like that. So awesome weekend that was. Uh, we kind of went off a little tangent there. Did not think we were going to start off with the Hawks or just getting slander as, as we start this podcast. But let's get into it right away. Going off. We go. We can pass them yeah, on okay, the mid three. Okay. We'll get very briefly into mine because I do want to celebrate a little bit. I didn't have much to celebrate this weekend with with betting and, and other things. So when my team wins, I got to take it for what it is. But let's go to easily the best game of the weekend. 
Um, everybody had their eye on it. And of course, just like the 2023 season is done, it is delivered every single time. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I thought every big primetime game has just been fantastic this year. Um, and this one lived up to the hype once again. Washington beats Oregon in Seattle. Uh, the line was right where it was. Vegas, you son of a bitch, you did it again. <laughs> you have the line at two and a half, three. Washington edges it out 36 to 33. Let's get somebody else to break this down, kind of get me from not talking and going on long tangents. Let's go to you, Parks. Start us off. We haven't heard from much here today. Did you get a chance to watch the game, and what was your biggest takeaway? Yeah, I watched the whole game. It was a good one, probably a, one of the best blessings of the year for college football fans, and it came down to simple coaching decisions from Dan Lanning. Over uh, 3 on 4 downs, two of them inside the 5. You don't convert on those. You turn the ball over. And then the other side, Washington went 2 for 3 on 4 downs. Um, Oregon had a big stop at the goal line as well, but it was just in very Pac-12 fashion. That's what it came down to because Oregon really beat them in every other facet of the game, rushing. Uh, they had a dominant day, ran for 200 yards, kept Washington just under the tab of 100. Bo Nix I thought was great. Penix threw his – through the only pick of the entire game, the only turnover of the entire game, and that was only because the receiver slipped. So it was a pretty fine-tuned game on the offensive side of the ball for both teams and just a splendid college football game. I wish Oregon would have nudged them. I hate that the line on the graphics said two and a half because I thought we got a push, but uh, I still think Washington I'm is a... pushes on the graphic. I'm trying to avoid them. And I took what yeah. they said when they recorded. I'm trying to avoid them because... Well, give us three and a half. <laughs> Jesus. Two and a half, three and a half are just monsterly different. <laughs> they are very different. I just want to. I just want to win. But yeah, great game. It was awesome. Uh, Reese, what did you see from Oregon that you didn't like, other than the coaching decisions that we were talking back and forth about? Um, I mean, when it came down to it, their offense or their defense, in the first half, I should say, was just not adjusting, um, getting leverages. I mean, they were just getting big plays all over, all over the place. Um, Penix was fighting his guys, but then when it came to the second half, they were making adjustments. They were ready to go. And I just don't understand Dan's wanting to do the same decision that he made last year, causing his team a chance to win that ball game. Yes, I know if you get that first out at the end, you pretty much secure that ball game. But you made the same mistake last year. Your defense was playing so much better that second half. Um, you're going to go make Penix go 80 yards or 90 yards, however good that punter can be for you, and that 211 compared to 50 yards and 211. Granted, they scored in two plays, and Nick's them still had a chance to do it, but like, I don't know. I just, I just think that the defense was so much more improved at second half, making those adjustments. And he just, I just don't know if he just didn't have faith in them or what. He would rather keep that offense out there because Bucky Irving was also having a splendid game. You mentioned all the yards mm -hmm. they had; they were running all over the place. They could have just kept doing that all they wanted. Um, but yeah, I just, I think the coaching comes on too at the end of the day. Like it's, it's hard to know the right like. And like and I talked to JB about this last night too, though. It's at least he is aggressive all the time. It's not like he's like fifty fifty. He's foot in the door, foot out the door. He's aggressive all the time, so you can at least admire that dude. But it's like, in the first half, when your team could not get stops and it's fourth and goal, you're about to go into halftime, you're about to get the ball back, Why just take the points. And then you're getting the ball to start the half. Like, just take the points, dude. Like, it, it's a rivalry game. It's going to come down to it. Like, that's the one thing. I just think coaching was not all it needed to be. Um, for, yeah, and, and Lanning admitted so. that he would, he would kick that field goal um, to end the first half if he could do it all over again. I like the fourth down. Uh, try in the fourth quarter because Reese, you said you know you'd rather give Penix eighty yards than fifty yards, but two and a half minutes with that offense, I don't think it really matters between fifty or eighty yards. I think the defense is going to get a turnover either way if it happened, um, and if not, Michael Penix, he's as special as he is this year for a reason. I think he was going to find a way to score. So on the road, up three to like put nail in the coffin. He also saw an opportunity to get the ball back, yeah. like. He saw an opportunity to get the ball back mm -hmm. if they scored, right? Like, I don't think he was planning on them taking the whole time. And they obviously they took probably way less than he was expected, but he thought he could get into field goal range right after. Uh, you miss it, you miss it kind of thing. Like, that's just, that's football, man. And I, for me, the biggest part of this was the defenses looked like they were in good spots a lot, but the way those two quarterbacks threw the ball the entire day was crazy. And we knew Washington might have a little bit of a worse defense, not as good um, against the run, and it showed. But what they did do is really slow Oregon to start. Like they didn't, Oregon didn't get off running. Like it took them a little bit to get going, and I think that's all they needed. But Washington, 
Big pick for yep. me right now to win the Pac-12 title. Good pick not that you. that matters, but like it it really helps me getting into that game. Uh, not that Oregon's out of it at all because I don't think so. But I think one thing you got to touch on as well, and and I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it, but in those field goal situations that arise, like that right before half, and then there's another one that came up in the third quarter. Like you also build your kicker's confidence by doing that, and then you got to call on him to tie the game with a forty yarder that he misses. Dude, yeah. if he gets two or three opportunities before that, he builds the confidence. He's in the game. He didn't touch the field before, then on, except for kickoff. So you, you can't really blame him at the end of the game. He didn't get his opportunities when they arose. But those decisions all add up, and that's what costs Oregon ball game. That's a really good point. I never think about that. That's a really good point. Yeah. Good news is we're going to get a lot of Pac-12 games. Yeah, I think the these year. two teams. Yep. I think after we saw from what uh, another team in the Pac-12 last night, I very likely good chances these two teams will see each other again. Um, so I'm I'm not really worried about that, and I'm, I'm super excited to see him play again in Vegas. I think that's where that's where they play the Pac-12 title game now, don't they? Yeah, it'll be a great game. Yep. Let's go to that team yes. that yep. kind of <laughs> they really lost some of their chances. They didn't lose a conference game, but boy, we kind of we kind of expected this uh, from USC and some of the red flags that they've been putting out all year. Notre Dame in, in the notes pounds USC. And that's probably that's probably a good phrase to put it because this was domination from from the very beginning. Uh, the biggest thing for me, and I'll keep it short and simple, was just how uncomfortable uh, Notre Dame made Caleb Williams look in the first half, and that ultimately like lost them the game. It was twenty four to six at halftime. They were lucky to even have six 100%. points. To be honest with you, I know I've been saying it. I think I said it last week. I like Notre Dame's defense, I think JD Bertrand and, and that defense is really solid, and they need to get some of the respect that they deserve. And they made Caleb Williams get out of the pocket and just throw some ill-advised throws. I think he tried to be too special. I talked about it in the last week's episode. Like that Notre Dame game, he was just, he was really special. And he did all these magical plays and that's how he got his name on the map and in the Heisman race. Um, I think he just tried to like duplicate that again and try to do too much. And ultimately that loss of the football game. And this, this uh, is not a great start for their six game stretch that they have coming up next jp what's the biggest thing that you took away if, if i'm not surprised i don't know how the rest of you guys feel i i kind of had multiple feelings going into this i figured maybe notre dame just can't like all of a sudden sputters offensively and usc just continues to be usc and i was like is that a real possibility that usc wins like 37 20 and i said it is is it would it be possible if this game was 21 17 Notre Dame? I said, like, I just saw so many things into it. What I did not see is an uncomfortable Caleb Williams. Like, I did not have that in my prediction. That was not on my bingo card. I thought it was going to be they just sputtered um, because they could run the ball very well and there's just small plays here and there. It For me, a lot of it was when you look at Notre Dame, I think they stayed to an identity and they knew they didn't have to change. And USC probably thought they had to just to be like, well, we can score quick, but we won't get the ball back. And maybe they're just trying to do too much throughout the whole thing. And that you, I mean, that USC defense is as bad as we thought it was going to be prior to the year. It was that bad last year. They can't tackle. The inability to just make simple plays really hurts them. And now I look at them like, how do you beat Washington? How do you beat Oregon? Because I don't think you do. You're, I mean, do you, oh my God. Oregon presents so many matchups for them, running the football and throwing the football. Um, and Michael Penix could have 600 yards if he wants to. Parks, what was your takeaway from that? Well, first, we have to mention that I'm the only one that took USC <laughs> on the pick board, so you're welcome. It's Sunday. It's God's <laughs> Day. I'm playing, the role. I'm playing the role here in the Play the Fight Song podcast. Uh, God's playing his role. So equals, but not. Uh, but I just thought USC, just their defense is so bad, man. And And when Caleb Williams is off, you can see how bad that team can be. Um, they're no match for those t- two top teams against Oregon and Washington this year. I think afterwards when Lincoln Riley's comments on how they have to build from this, learn from it, move on, like, dude, you got to take away from it too because you have some incredible holes that you've gotten by with on your defense that you cannot get by with in this conference anymore. Pac-12 two years ago, sure, you can find success with this team because you're going to get into those games and win. But with the talent across the board this year, there's a lot of teams, especially these remaining six for USC, that could take them down. They could end up being a two, three, maybe a four-loss team. Yeah, I think he needs to adapt, too. And it starts, obviously, with getting rid of Grinch. I think if you put USC in the Big 12, like if he had the same roster at Oklahoma, had he not left, like this team could probably make the Big 12 title. But Texas is walloping USC. Like 
they are not the best team in the Big 12. And I think Iowa State and there's some other teams out there that could get Oklahoma on a bad day just because of how bad that defense is. So if he wants to, and now they're going to the Big 10, and we'll get into that conversation another day. But but man, yeah, the defense is, has got to improve. Reese, Notre Dame guy myself, you helped me along the way. We finally got the boys back on track. What was your biggest takeaway? Uh, you guys keep talking about how USC's defense was so bad, but then Notre Dame's defense was so phenomenal. Um, I'm seeing here I got mm-hmm. six sacks and 11 tackles for a loss with the three interceptions. So that defense came out to play. You kept talking about how they made Williams uncomfortable. I don't know. Oregon might be the next one that can make them that uncomfortable. I don't think Washington's defense is that solid, but this is like a blueprint blueprint for teams going forward. If they can kind of mimic what this Notre Dame team was able to do, then I think they find a way to uh, maybe make have yeah. Caleb Williams and, and taking away so. taking advantage of the short field ultimately won Notre Dame the football game. I mean, 21 points off those three turnovers in the first half, and you they never looked back. And then along with a special team's kickoff return, that one that one closed the gap because USC scored on a couple of big plays, uh, and it was like, okay, maybe they'll make it interesting. Then, boom, took that kickoff back to the house, and it was over from there. Let's go down to another – I mean, the score might seem closer than the game really was, but I kind of thought it was a manhandle in the second half. North Carolina – Beats Miami uh, down in Chapel Hill. I thought this was kind of what I, what I thought it was going to happen. The, the wheels kind of fell off for Miami in the second half. Um, the defense needed to show up for for Miami going into this one. They had been solid last, I mean, pretty much all year. They've been pretty sustainable. Um, and they were good in that Georgia Tech game, limiting King. Uh, that was that was not the case. But this also goes to a test like how special Drake May is and Devontae Walker Tez Walker, welcome back, man. That was that was pretty damn awesome. Three touchdowns um, in his second game back, and yeah, he he looks legit, and he's the hype that everybody's been talking about this year. Anybody start us off? Did you get a chance to watch this one during all those six thirty games? And is there a huge takeaway from this other than I think North Carolina's for real? I I didn't think this game was ever out of hand for North Carolina. Like there were moments where it was like, oh, they have a chance to go down and get it within three, but that drive took too long without any timeouts. There was a lot more panicking I felt within the Miami sidelines and they're adjusting to certain situations. It felt like they were always on edge rather than um, finding a way to get comfortable and really settling into a game. Like it it felt jumpy. Um, but for me, you're welcome, by the way. <laughs> For taking Miami in that, I saved everybody. It cost me a five and a week, but it's okay because I was there, you know, just helping everybody out. For me, I like again. North Carolina's defense is better than what is in the public eye. Like their perception of their defense is not as uh, high as I see them. Like their front four is really solid. The DBs have gotten better as the years gone on. No, they don't have a stud in the middle at linebacker or a stud edge rusher. They have pieces that really fit into that mold. But they're not they're not elite, and so we can't expect them to be elite, but I think they're a lot better than what they showed. And now they really put themselves on inside track to get to the ACC title. Granted, they have big games still throughout the year, and we're just getting into the meat of this conference schedule. But you can't look at North Carolina, Carolina right now mm-hmm. and not think that team could win the ACC, right? Even if it's Florida State they're going up against, I think you have to say that that's a title contender, ACC title contender. Yeah, I think when you look at North Carolina, it's just very similar to what we just talked about with USC. Their defense these past two years hasn't been able to make those stops. When it comes down to it, they just couldn't get a stop. They got in those big battles with App State, teams like the South Carolina. They just couldn't come up with the stop when it needed. You have the opposite this year. You're getting the third quarter performance from the North Carolina defense where they give up zero points. They go into halftime at 17-14. North Carolina is the only team that scores in the third quarter. All of a sudden, now you have that separation. And the quarterback of Drake May, you it's it's a good recipe to win. And that's what they're finding. I think they're for real. I think everybody's spot on. I think JP hit the nail on the head. The changes in the defense have been the biggest part of this team. And with them coming up with those stops that they weren't, it's the team that's at the next level now. So it's it's big win for them. And, and yeah, they definitely def- are going to be at the top of this Is this a college conference. football playoff uh, contender? Is this a real college football playoff contender? I think you have to say they. I mean, you have to say they are. I, you can't take them out of it. They're unbeaten with big games ahead of them and a chance to get in the ACC title. They win the ACC title with one loss or no losses. You're not keeping yep. them out because they're going to have to beat Florida State to do it. Like you can't do that. I, I think it's just. I don't know if you could say a national yeah. championship contender. I think they're. I will say that Florida State North Carolina contender. matchup like those. 
either one of those two teams deserve to get into the playoff. I think the way Florida State's been playing the last couple of weeks, too, they're finally starting to get their groove back and they're clicking on all cylinders. So I hope they keep this up because it's gonna that would be a fantastic conference championship game. Reese, any other takeaways from this 100%. one before we move on to a little Pac-12 action? Nope, just going along with those stats for the North Carolina defense. They had three sacks, three tackles for a loss, and then four turnovers. Ima- that's going to help you win when you got Drake May as a quarterback. Imagine that, a top three quarterback in college points. football with a decent defense can get you a long ways. <laughs> that's a crazy That's a crazy stat. Defense. Let's move on. Let's go to Corvallis. Uh, this one might have been put behind the curtain of some awesome 630 games, but I did get, get a chance to look at it a little bit. Uh, plain and simple, biggest thing for me uh, with Oregon State, is we know that defense can be legit, um, but they also got into a good matchup. Yeah, where the that's hell did this tr- offense come from? Where the hell did the offense hey, come from like this? Uh, like what the D- hell? Dabo needs some questioning. If we're if we're really getting in, if we're getting into it, Let's I mean, be speechless. That's what I'm saying. Word, they <laughs> word. Just yeah, he looks comfortable, and and they have him rolling. But I thought like. Dante Moore looked like a freshman yesterday. That was that was pretty clear. For- I don't think you could have expected anything else. I think it had to be don't lose the game for us. You weren't getting a superstar effort. You got a superstar effort. You weren't going to get a superstar performance. You weren't going to get a Heisman contender, a uh, Pac-12 I was kind of, year, I don't know. Like, I was kind of expecting performance. that. I, for this one, thought UCLA would have played better defense. I thought I'd get a better defense out of UCLA. I, I took the under in this one with real confidence, too, because I was like, well, UCLA is stout defensively. They're really good. I think Oregon State will really commit to Martinez and Uyunglele, just short, intermediate passing to run the football. They hit big plays nonstop. And then it kind of became into a catch-up thing. And just sc- points started getting scored by UCLA because they had no choice. They had to take shots, and they were hitting them. I was just dumbfounded by that. But... Oregon State trying to find a little rhythm after or just a game in at Wazoo that they probably look back on or like, mm-hmm. if we don't come out so sluggish, we win that game too. And now we're sitting undefeated. And so I, I think they have taken that more as fuel rather than something holding them back. And they'll be a lot of fun to watch. There's another team to watch in the Pac-12. Yep. UCLA, I just think, is a year or two off with Dante Moore. Not that they're bad. They're not a bad team. But they are a year or two off. They need a little more pieces around him. They need him to get more mature and more settled in, and they'll be good. He'll yeah, be just I, a good I totally DCR, agree. If not better. But Oregon State's got to be kicking themselves for that Washington State game, especially after what Arizona did to them uh, <laughs> the last night at home. Boy, uh, the way that Washington State's looked the last couple of weeks, yep. Oregon State's got to be what thinking, man, on homecoming, they they really let that one slip, and it's. It could have set them up. They're still in a decent we spot. Want that one absolutely for sure. But uh, Reese or Parks, any other takeaways from this one? Does this set up Oregon State to? I don't know. I don't think them beating Oregon is completely is completely out of the possibility. They get Oregon to be later in the in year, impact yeah. title game. Well, with it being rivalry week, and we know how college football works, anything's possible. Um, we definitely saw a lot of things from this team yesterday that is eye opening, but. I think the biggest takeaway from it is Jake when with our UCLA pick on the bet board, uh, I think we got got by uh, their yep. dominant performance on defense yep. against Washington State, who Arizona just did. And then we got got by, oh, their dominant That's performance true. against Utah, which everybody else did. So uh, I think we looked into and we were like, well, they held those two offenses who are pretty good. So, uh, yeah, we got got. And I, w- I don't think I will say UCLA's defense is. That was our last thought. prediction for Reese and I last week. And I just couldn't take every home team. I, I just thought there was no way that every home team that we picked. It's college football, though. If you would have taken the short home favorite in like all the big you, games, I think you, you would have gone four or five and one. The only loss well, was Kentucky. The five games we picked yesterday, last week, if you had picked the short home Kentucky favorite, lasted. you would have went five and oh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like your big games. So like, yeah, those, I guess that, yeah, that board would make sense. Yeah. Just short home favorites. Like usually you're looking at short home dogs, like at three or two or four. And you're like, I might take the home team here when they're short favorites. It's a little more tempting to go the other way because it's so short. You're like, I don't need them to win by one. I just need the road team to get, you know, just a a, a small chance late in the game, but short home favorites. They they got me. I'll take it for what it is. I completely agree with both of you. Um, Kind of got hoodwinked there, but I also think JP UCLA is going to be a really good team next year, um, and I think there's a lot of potential. And 
Oregon State's kind of the under-the-radar team we've all expected them. So we hope that they continue this success, at least I do, and maybe that game, that last Civil War is going to be a hell of a battle. So 100%. let's go Let's go down to the South. Uh, Tennessee beats Texas A&M at home. Again, another short home favorite. Takes care of business. Kind of in the way we saw this was going to happen. Uh, they ran the football, and they ran it really well. Wright goes for 136 yards. Uh, he's averaged seven yards a carry. He is an absolute stud. stud. Absolute stud. Surprised me because I thought the D line for Texas A&M was going to hold up better just because of what they did uh, on the ground against Alabama and Milrow and McClellan, but they only needed a hundred yards out of Milton. So the recipe is there for this team for Tennessee. Biggest thing I want to see though, when they play Alabama next week is I think they're really going to miss McCoy. Um, I think some of those receivers are in over their heads. I don't think the hundred yards was all on Milton. I think he, his receivers kind of left a couple of catches and yards out there for him. And they're really going to notice it next week when they go against that Mm -hmm. Alabama secondary, but really good win for Tennessee. I think this team's legit and this team can run on anybody. So I'm excited for them next week. Anybody else have any thoughts on either side and maybe we could get into the, I can be, I can be quick on this one. I, like you said, exactly what I expected. had the under in that didn't really sweat it out. Um, I didn't think A&M was going to be able to move the football as well as people thought. I thought Max Johnson was, uh, under pressure more than he thought, and he made a lot of random mistakes that just didn't make too much sense. But Tennessee, I mean, you settled into identity. Bad news is, is you're now going down to Tuscaloosa, where I don't think you match up great. Your your strength is their strength. Like you're going to run the football on a defense that's stout against the run, and your defense is going to have to handle somebody who really wants to commit to running the football. And you did well this week, but you're going to have a better weapon at quarterback. Um, I mean, the the running backs are probably pretty comparable. Yep. You probably have better uh, wide outs there at Alabama. So I, I don't like the matchup for them next week. Tennessee, man, just keep grinding it out. And it's crazy hard to change identities like they did in a year span. So um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. A&M, just, just keep battling, man. I know it's been a tough year, and I don't think they're a bad team, but I just think they ran into two tough weeks without a guy that they at quarterback that they really, really would have liked to have last week. So um, that – that was a good game. I think that lived up to the hype. No, it was a good game. I think, I think the that film really is starting to get out on well. Max Johnson. I will have to say, though, JP or, or sorry, Parks or Reese, I hate to be that podcast, but we got to ask. This doesn't make Jimbo's seat a little hotter, does it? This loss? We're, I mean, Reese, we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. That's, that's the first thing I was going to say is the seat's heating up, man. Like, I don't know. I a couple weeks ago I picked Alabama because I saw a stat where A and M was just awful in top ten matchups mm-hmm. or like ranked opponents since Jimbo's been there. So like that's why I'm taking Bama. Everybody did their services this week, week except for me. I guess A&M, I'm so you're all welcome. We all keep doing it for each other. <laughs> we all keep doing it for each other. You're you're welcome, fellas. Um but yeah, man, and it's I think it was eleven in a row now counting this game, top ten mat or a, a ranked opponent he's lost on the road. So I mean they brought him in because he won a national mm-hmm. championship, and he's supposed to be able to bring in all these players, and he's done that, but he just can't get the product on the field. So, absolutely, it's warming up, man. I know Dude, they caught the, it's the buyout's so big, which is why it's not scorching hot right now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's like 70-something million. Like, and, like, next year it only goes down, like, five, which is ridiculous. But, I mean, that defense is getting is better, though, because, I mean, Tennessee only scored one offensive touchdown in that game. I mean – the touchdown in the mm-hmm. third quarter was a, a punt return from the guy's own end zone. He only take, had to take it 50 yards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that defense is pretty solid. I don't know if Tennessee is really going to be that great, like you're saying, next week on the road in Tuscaloosa. So I hate the matchup. I, I think I they're. It. I think A&M, it's like they just they have the dudes and they can take the steps. They Parks, anything to add on that before we move on to the last SEC game of the weekend? No, I think Reese hit the nail on the head. Jimbo, you're in trouble, buddy. It's too many losses in big games with too much – highly touted recruits coming into that school. It's going to bite you in the ass. I wouldn't say that it's the easiest place to go win, right? We can all agree that that Neyland is not somewhere where people roll in and, and win often. I mean, look at Alabama last year and things like that. Um, but it was a good spot for them, and they showed a little bit of life, but they just couldn't put it together. I also saw a lot of good things out of Joe Milton, um, a lot of swagger. I didn't realize how much chip he, that kid played with, but – uh, Heupel after the game was talking about how he really felt like Tennessee didn't execute. And that tells you the story you need to know. Like 
Tennessee won the game and they still didn't feel like they won the game by enough against a team where they should be winning those games with the people that they're getting and the preseason hype that this A&M school consistently gets. I love mm-hmm. it. We'll, Jimbo, we'll you're in trouble. see that's, how that's it progresses throughout the, the rest of the year. But uh, tough sledding la- uh, these last two weeks for Jimbo and A&M. Let's go to the last one. Let's go to Lexington. Uh, kind of a, a crazy game. Kentucky gets off to a pretty fast start. Uh, going up 14 to nothing on Missouri. Any other year, I think Eli Drinkwood's team is folding, and that game is an absolute blowout, but that's why we covered it last week, fellas. This is a different Missouri team. This Missouri team can stay in it. It's got a good defense to stay in it. They have a legit quarterback and their weapons. I'll highlight them again. I think Cody Schrader can be added to the list of their weapons at tailback. The Truman State transfer, he's a stud. Theo Weiss is a stud. Luther Burden's a stud. But let mm-hmm. me give you guys – a couple of uh, drive comparisons after they got up 14 to nothing. Kentucky went three plays, two yards, three plays, one yard, five plays, one yard, one play, end of the half, one play, four yards, it was a fumble. Three plays, negative 10 yards. Obviously, that was a punt. They finally got on the board to go back up 21 to 20, but then they went three plays, negative 12 yards, four plays, 31 yards, interception from your boy, Devin Leary, three plays, negative seven yards, another interception from your boy, Devin Leary. And then they went seven plays and turned the ball over before it was too late. So they had one decent drive after they got up 14 to nothing. Devin Leary, has he gotten above 225 yards this year? He looks uncomfortable. He does not look like himself at all. And it's weird because they, they either like handcuffed him or something changed. He's not comfortable in the offense. Something's going on, uh, but it's a little too late for me. On this one, I think Missouri and Tennessee are the best in the East, and they're going to battle it out for a chance to play in Atlanta. Like Kentucky just wasn't what we thought they were going to be. They haven't really changed too much. They've taken advantages of te- advantage of teams who give them advantages, like Florida, able to run the football on them, and other teams they've just capitalized. It. When a team matches your physicality and can slow you down with what you want to do, and then can push the football down the field on them, I think that's their. That's their kryptonite, and you saw that with Georgia. So, um, yeah, for me, yep. it was just this is more no, impressive I, I agree. for like Missouri I said, than it was disappointing. Drinkwitz's for teams don't win that so in the past. I'll stay Reese short or on Barks, that one. Any takeaways from this last one for the East? Yeah, my immediate thought when they won the game and the way they won it, it was what's next for this team in the East? Because then you go look at their schedule. Next week they have South Carolina, and then the week after they have Georgia, and then the week after that they play Tennessee. So you're looking I was at say, well, well, look the at decisiveness the, in the East coming within the next three weeks. Um, Missouri Sorry. has Georgia in week 10. There's a bye Tennessee, in between. I believe has Missouri. And then I was trying to look for week 12 to see if Tennessee plays Georgia. So they got like that three-way almost round robin to end the year, which is awesome. It's it's terrifying for them because, one, you have a look-over spot here with the South Carolina team who showed flashes. They lose this week in a close game to Florida, but they've showed flashes, so you can't look over that team. But then you really get, you get into the meat of whether or not this team can do anything. I don't know if they're ready for Georgia. I don't want to say that, uh, but we've seen some good things out of them. They're a good team, and uh, it was a good win. That's, and that's not. Uh, a, I don't think Ray Davis is playing at Kentucky next year. That's my I, I like prediction. It. Let's move on. we got to cover some – some pandemonium, as JP wants to throw into the notes. There was a lot of craziness that, that went into these games uh, after the big games. We had Tulane, Edge, Memphis on the road. That was a great win for them uh, to kind of claim the heavyweight. T- yeah, I, like doing it again. They're Take control of the American, baby. You want to be... You wanted New Year's we Six. We kind of went head to head in the group chat a little bit, so maybe more on the spread and not necessarily who was going to win. But Air like Force that. finally gets into the top twenty-five, and they edge Wyoming at home. Wyoming had a chance to steal that one, uh, but I think it was a bad turnover by Peasley, if I remember right. That that kind of shift the tide. I am a lot more impressed with Wyoming. Like I thought they were just a gritty team that stayed in things. They looked like a like a well-rounded football team on Saturday and good for them like they probably weren't a team that a lot of people liked to finish atop the mountain west or close to the top well even they're with like my boys and state broncos they're they're pretty terrible the, the mountain west is, is that good it's fun just this year. from unlv to boise to fresno uh to air force and wyoming top of this conference is it's going to get after each other Pitt knocks off louisville at home 
Oh my God, Louisville! You guys had all the talk about how you guys were up to the hype, um, and of course you guys shit the bed at the worst convenient time on it. What the hell? You gave up thirty-eight points to a pit team that is one some of the worst offense in, in college football. Uh, and they get their second win of the year. Bill Jerkovic and company. Actually, he's not the quarterback anymore. He was benched a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I forgot about that. Just just tells you how much I've been paying attention to the old Pitt Panthers. Arizona, we kind of highlighted this earlier in the podcast, destroys Washington State at home. Tough tough day for the uh, pro Cam Ward podcast. Not necessarily his entire fault, um, but six points at home on Arizona. That's not a great look because I feel like everyone's kind of had their way. Yeah, that's... It, it makes you wonder what was he doing no, the night uh, before. Cam Ward was <laughs> what was the team doing the five dollar pitchers on Friday night. For I will say, he did not show nope, up on is fantastic. Like I thought, Jaden Delora was going to take the next step, and then he gets hurt, <laughs> and Fafita steps in. Uh, he's fantastic. I don't know what year he is. He's probably young. He's probably a freshman or sophomore, but he's got it. Like Fish has got him in the right spot to be a pretty great quarterback um, in the Big Twelve going into next year. So. And let's go to the last one, pandemonium. Pandemonium, you had two Hail Marys, uh, one in Houston over getting their first Big 12 win over West Virginia. Me and JP had to suffer through that with a West Virginia pick. Uh, And then we go to Fort Collins where I fell asleep in the fourth quarter, which I thought I was pretty safe. Uh, And they scored 21 points in the last four minutes on their homecoming to beat their first time ever in school history, Boise State. Uh, I think they won 31 to 30. And then I fell asleep again Friday night, and I missed Colorado blow a 29-0 lead against Stanford. So, fellas, out of those three, what the, what the fuck's right? Out of those three, you guys tell me. Reese, you can start me off first. Which which loss was the worst what out of all fuck? three of them? Because all we three were pretty bad for those programs. I mean, the West Virginia one, I think, is is pretty bad because they we everybody was down on them. And then they showed up this year. They only had the one loss going in. They looked really good. Um, Neil Brown, maybe not on the hot seat anymore. And then all of a sudden you go there to Mr. Holgerson and company in Houston, a team that has not looked that great, and you let them win on that. I just think West Virginia had a lot looking up, and then that just kind of took all the momentum out for them. I don't think there's any shot they're going to – I don't know if they were going to be anything big for the Big yeah. 12 this year, but we I think might, it just takes all the I change my pick for that ever to be happening. Can I change my pick to Andy Avalos? The worst uh, one I think he is on the hot seat. Can I, can I – can I change that? How do you not recover three different yeah. onside? It's just so bad. <laughs> that's the worst one. That's the worst one. Yeah, that's the, that was the worst one. Three onside kicks. You let them drive down the field easily, and you just don't even. Let me guess, oh, Parks. They had the ball. Let me guess what your worst one is. Just bad <laughs> coaching. Just giving up. Let us hear it, Parks. I don't know if that's the worst one. It's got to be close. I wonder where Parks is going. Buddy. 29 points to Stanford? Come on. That was beautiful. What a blessing for the American people. I'm sorry. We'll get into it a little later because i got to touch on not, it with my uh, sticker. But it's not because this team cow, was projected to have three and a half wins. They're already, already over their win total. Now, like, going into it, now we're like, oh, they got to kill Stanford. Like We obviously know that going now. Had we said this two months ago, nobody would have been surprised if Dion blows a lead to Stanford. Like It's a young team. Uh Kind of a, it's a, I don't know what the word is. They just look immature. I think it, immature is the right word. They just, they're not very, I don't know. Yeah, the, the culture doesn't seem great there. But I, I agree with you, Reese. Uh, this was a team in West Virginia that could have easily taken third place by the, by the neck uh, for the Big 12 standings. And to lose to that Houston team who has been some of the worst uh, it's easily the worst team in the Big 12. I think that team's worse than Baylor. And for them to lose on the road like that, to get down 35 to 24, you finally get the stops, you get the drive, you score 12 seconds to go, and you can't bat a ball down. And now you're sitting. I think they'll still get six wins. I think it's a gritty team. The defense has got to be better, but that one, that one's the worst. But uh, Andy Avalos, yeah, you might yeah. be in trouble, buddy. Let's move on. Some less ugly football. Well, uh, I guess I don't know if I should say less ugly. Oh, yeah. I forgot Nebraska had a bye. We'll, we'll go into the mid-three. J- JP covered Iowa over Wisconsin. You can just hey, um, Nebraska go ahead and had cover a bye. your clones. We don't need to talk Hawks w. again. 
Uh, and then Iowa State goes to Cincinnati and kind of dominated that team from the jump. Um, I don't have a ton to take away. I think Rocco Beck just gets better as as the weeks go on. I think he's a really smart quarterback. Um, and I think now I'm able to say that I would rather take him than Hunter Deckers. I still think Deckers is more talented. Um, but Rocco Beck is the perfect quarterback for that system right now. He makes all of the smart plays. He doesn't overdo it. Um, he honestly just trusts Nate Shieldhouse, and Nate Shieldhouse trusts him. Uh, so you really see that. The defense finally got it right in the second half, but I don't know if it's completely fixed. I'm not going to admit that because I think Emory Jones is dog shit. Um, and some of his throws kind of solidified that because, man, even before it started raining, he first possession of the game. I don't know if you guys saw it. He missed a dude on a 60-yard post route, had the safety beat, not even close, throw overthrows him by 10 yards. Would have set the tone for him to go up 7 nothing in. Typical Emory Jones fashion. You don't go to three schools in five years and really expect to be that that good. So, yeah, not a bunch of takeaways, but a win's a win. Let's go into another segment of our takeaways of the weekend outside of our favorite teams. Reese, start us off. What was your takeaway from the weekend? Um, I Mine was that I think the ACC is silently the most interesting race for who's going to be in your conference title at the end of the year. Everybody wants to talk about the Pac-12 because it's about to get into that, the heat out schedule. But the ACC, I mean, with Louisville just losing, and they're actually better than people thought they were going to be. I remember at the beginning of the year we talked about they have the easiest schedule in that conference. But if you look at it right now, you got Florida State's undefeated, North Carolina's undefeated, Duke's undefeated in conference, Louisville's got one loss. And then in the, in the next coming weeks, you got Florida State with Duke at home and Miami, and then they go to Pitt, which, again, not a great team, but we've seen they can't surprise people. Um, and then Duke is, like I just mentioned, they go to Florida State, they go to Louisville, and they go to North Carolina. North Carolina has Duke at home, at Clemson, and then at NC State to end the year. Not a great team, but it's a rivalry game to end your year. You never know what's going to happen there. Um, that's a team that we just talked about, that they could win the ACC. I I mentioned last week, I think if they won that game against Miami, they should be favored, and I still think they should be. Um, and then Louisville, I just mentioned, they don't have the toughest schedule, but they still have Duke at home. And they go to Miami, who it's still a, still a game on the road. It's tougher. And those two random games they have against is Vatek and Virginia. So those are two games they should win. But I think that's slowly going to be the most interesting uh, conference title prediction, whatever you want to call it, to, to end the year. I think the ACC is just kind of slept on. Um, because I think that could be the 12. most important um, conference championship game if it comes down to it. Under the rug, maybe an undefeated North Carolina like and an undefeated Florida State. They're not going to take one of those one-loss teams. So when when are, when and gets you into the playoff. I think that's absolutely true. I think outside of the Big 12, every Power 5 conference is in a fascinating conference race. Like you could tell me three or four teams could be in the mm-hmm. conference championship game um outside of that one and I w- wouldn't be surprised. I think it's been fascinating. JP, let's switch it up a little bit. Let's talk about some betting. Uh, I've heard I've heard some teams owe you money. Is that true? Yeah, these assholes owe me money and I'm sending an invoice tomorrow. Give me a break. I like within Georgia, just not putting the nail. That's a that's a Georgia dude. That was like a typical Georgia game. Like what I should have said, I should have said that up twenty. It's like I I understand it's like the whole reason it would have been a bigger payout. Yep. But just the way it would have been a bigger payout, I get that it's a little more of a stretch. But just for that, so the you thought that hurts that pissed me off. Then Colorado, it, like easy Friday night money, right? Easy Friday night money. You blow a twenty-nine point lead, fellas. What the hell? <laughs> that's my biggest takeaway. Like these schools should send me money because hey, Vanderbilt's a tough bullshit. place to play. You try and play run offense with construction going on on both ends of the field. Is that's this a tough place to play. Baseball, tough to play. Or are we talking about football? No, Vanderbilt's a tough place to play, dude. There's construction. Can you imagine a crane going up and down while you're trying to run an offense, Carson <laughs> Beck? It takes time. I was pissed off. I was pissed off. But my biggest takeaway of the week is that we are now. That was the first week that we saw top tier teams in each conference play each other. It's just going to continue to happen every I, single I would week agree. in each conference. And speaking now. of so conference the titles, this? the biggest takeaway Parks, is it the best football. Takeaway for the, the biggest stakes are still ahead of us. Yeah, I just we we talk about this every year in our preseason looks on teams and Notre Dame. We have to fit in with our group of five previews because they're not in a conference, and that kills them this year. Because one, they wouldn't have as tough as a schedule back-to-back weeks playing on the road against these out-of-conference teams. Everybody's out-of-conference. 
and it would allow them to have a conference championship game to then put on their resume because this team is so talented and you saw dominance against good teams. Even in their loss against Ohio State, there's a debate, a big time debate out there that they should have won that football game. If they win that football game, even as a one loss team now losing to Louisville, who lost to Pitt. Now you're still out of the conversation because you're not in a conference. It is That's so important point. for them to be um, in really one and have a title I mean, under their they probably belt would be in that the they're ACC screwing themselves. And it's just, one, no, I know the big it, it sucks, honestly, because they're that fat good. check to be in their conference. But either way, uh, it really makes you think like, would they be stuck playing at Duke and at Louisville like that if they were in a conference? Um, because I would argue, I mean, I have argued this with other people. Like I'm taking Notre Dame eight times out of 10 on a neutral site against Louisville and I think they're favored and I don't even think it's close. Um, I know that like Josh Pate thought the other team was favored in that one game and there were some other takes and it is what it is. Oh, but yeah. like if this team saw each other in a bowl game, like I'm taking Notre Dame. Uh, so they just, they got out of that four game stretch. I thought they played about as good as they could play in some of those spots. Um, but at the end of the day, it was just too much for them to really get through. Um, and the season's not done with them for as long as t- tough games go on the schedule. I'll go into mine uh, then kind of bouncing off of conference titles, interesting conference races. People want to compare this to the 2007 year. uh, And I think there's some similar parody, but I will say the biggest takeaway for me is that not nothing has really surprised me to this point. Um, There's not really a team that has came out of nowhere that I was like, wow, I did not see that. Like, there's no TCU, I think, this year. Like, even North Carolina, like, they have Drake May. The defense is just a little more serviceable this year. It doesn't surprise me that they're undefeated and that they're in the thick of the top mm-hmm. of the ACC. I look at the Pac-12. I think Washington and Oregon are both really good. I wasn't surprised Washington won by three. Texas and Oklahoma, gee, I was down on Oklahoma, but God forbid a team that gets a billion five stars a year turns it around at Norman, Oklahoma. Who would have thought that? Like, nothing has surprised me to this point. This season has been fantastic. I highlighted it in the beginning. The games have all lived up to the hype. I love it. But I'm not really surprised by anything I've seen so far this year. So that's my takeaway. Kind of uh, letting some people down there. Sorry. It's, 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 it's not 2007 all over again. Number two and number one aren't losing every other week. It's not happening. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a takeaway. Don't worry. That's a takeaway. Yep. There's just two, but there was. There's also not a USF in a West Virginia and yeah, Missouri. Great Kansas. point. Let's like, go into there's quickly a our lot of, There's a lot of name of brands that are very good. We had there's some dudes who really, balled really out this week, and they're all. And Reese, I do want you to start because I think this one deserves more recognition than everybody. So get us started with your helmet sticker of the week. You mentioned before we talked about this game, but Tez Walker six receptions, 132 yards, and three of those catches were for touchdowns. So that's pretty impressive to have have your catches be for touchdowns. So. That um, he, is. he balled it's, out it's for this week. Really, I think he's a back. huge um, piece probably for this team one of the biggest forward. games uh, JP, this so far. Another dude. I, I, well I think this Drake was man. my pick. Before, I knew you had it first, but if I had a one B, this guy's definitely on it. Yes, it, no, it wasn't. It was mine. Roma Dunze from Washington, eight receptions, one twenty-eight, and two touchdowns, and one of the biggest ones of the entire game. Late in that one, guy's a stud. Part of a really good receiving course. So the ball gets spread out all over, but he might be the most talented in that group. And you could argue um, that others are, but he's the one that really mattered on Saturday. Yeah, no, it's, it's not going to change. It's probably taking the chair it's, for the best. That, that receiving court is going to there. dismantle. I'll go to mine. Let's go on the other side of offense. I will take running back Ollie Gordon, the second out of Oklahoma state. I've been holla- highlighting him the last couple of weeks, 168 yards on the ground on 29 carries. He averaged 5.8 yards per carry. And, and he wasn't done. He had six catches for 119 yards. So he tallied up almost 300 total yards of offense. Um, this is definitely the best back that Gundy has ever had. Uh, he He's fantastic. And honestly, he's the reason why they were so bad uh, in those first four weeks. Like, he finally got going in that Iowa State he's game. Um, but before that, that's why Oklahoma State's offense was so poor. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't get him out in space. If he continues to play like this, this team's not only going to win a Big 12 or – uh, get to six wins and get to a bowl game, but like they could compete for that third or fourth spot. There's like four other teams that could do it. Um, and I think this team is just as capable to do that. And they have West Virginia this week. We'll cover that probably a little bit. That's going to be an awesome game. Parks, 
we could probably save the best for last. This is a pretty damn good performance, and I want to give you the floor because I know I know you want to talk about it. Jeez, OP, this is disgusting. <laughs> you, everybody's got to talk about it. Yep. it joke, like right, rivalries yeah. aside, hate aside, even if you're a fan, you have to like tip your cap. Elick, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna. It's Ao Manor is what I read it as. Uh, Manor had a absolute day. I mean, this guy, there's a decent chance this dude's playing the SEC with Ray Davis next year in a transfer spot because for him to be at Stanford and to be as big and as strong and as talented as he is, is kind of despicable because if you get this guy a serviceable quarterback, I would love to see his stats within this conference. Uh, 13 receptions, 294 yards and three scores, and that includes a 97-yard touchdown that basically spark plugged the Stanford team to come back and beat Colorado on the road. Not to mention the head top on Travis Hunter. ESPN didn't know what to do. Fox Sports didn't know what to do. They didn't know whether to post it. No one's going to like that one. Uh, but shout out I to Alex. What a week and Notre what a day. Get this guy. I think this is a guy that Notre Dame would love to have yard line. next year. And he fits <laughs> the <laughs> academic criteria. Drug him in. <laughs> I think this is a Notre Dame guy. Reese, did you have anything else to add on? <laughs> you were raising your hand and you had a smirk and you know on your face. Qualifies for grades already. Yeah, that's a good point. It's funny how Travis Hunter comes back against for the, against the worst team in the conference, but then he still gets bodied. Crazy. Well, he's it, it's it's a weird spot. Hold on, hold on. I mean, they, Before he starts mouthing last year. back and forth, we got to give a little bit of backstory. Otherwise, people just think it's like has a conspiracy theory out there that Travis Hunter could have came back against USC or Oregon, but he believes that Dion. Wanted to save him from getting exposed, and I, you know, Parks, I, I'm not saying you could be totally wrong after what I saw on Friday night because he he got a little bit lit up on, yeah, his, his kidney, nice. his kidney, he lacerated his kidney. <laughs> no, I know, <laughs> guys, he last didn't he lacerate something like he had like a legitimate big injury. He was immediately out for a month. They said he was out for a month when it happened. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying, man. Like, <laughs> not a conspiracy theory. He was hey, cleared I, by the doctor for USC. Was, I wouldn't want him to get exposed like that either. Can you imagine what a USC wide receiver would have done? It's like a coach has the best interest for his player. It's, it's a long-standing game for Dion. If if Travis Hunter gets exposed like that, he was fantastic. Every credibility of, of his recruiting thought, goes down. He doesn't get the players that he wants now. Like it's it's a bigger play than you're thinking, and it would make 100 percent sense for him to do that. You're telling me that he just got he. You would rather him get dummied by USC than what he just got dummied by Stanford, and that's going to change his recruiting. Yeah, I think it, I think I would have changed Dion's. Uh, like it definitely would have no. taken a toll on Dion's effective recruit. He's really? so fine. He's so fine. They're so fine. They're yeah, so fine. They're right. not going to look at one game and change their mind. If anything, they're going to look at Travis Hunter and them and think they checked out and. They pay yeah. for it in yeah. a disgusting. It also manner. helps. I mean, you get the ball caught on the okay. side. Okay, that was another thing. I don't think he should. I don't zone. think he should. Why should That's he? They have no talent on defense. Check. They're terrible. They're linebackers. I don't think he's going to fight. This kid is terrible. Beyond Shiloh Sanders, he's awful. Like he is a. I don't know. He's, he's a swack linebacker for a reason. That D line is very soft, and the corners. I mean, Hunter makes good plays. He's aggressive, but like other than that, their corners are terrible. Like, why should the he didn't get. Give him some time. Get let Dion recruit. Give I forget what is the coordinator. For, he's from Alabama. What is his name? I I forget. Is it Steele? Is it Steele? Not Steele. Is it? It doesn't matter. I I think give him give him some time. If he gets better bodies from a name. full Great year or two of recruiting, and then he keeps doing this, fine, fire him. But like he got the bare cover on the defensive side of the ball this year. Half of Travis Hunter's hype is that he's a two-way player. They are doing him an extreme disservice playing two ways. Think of how dip, like how good he could be on the offensive side of the ball and make more of an impact if he wasn't absolutely gassed by playing defense, defense and getting cooked. Like there's a couple people that do that around the country, but like all of his Her hype comes from most of it. I should say he's is that he's, he's good like, and he's good damn, on both sides of the ball. We have a on offense. I scores. Best athlete on the field. Why not try something new, Kirk? Why not? Is it what? <laughs> <laughs> you could do that. I mean, 
JP, did that make you nervous when he muffed that punt yesterday? Because I, I remember we, when we had DBs back there, uh, our entire fan base was pissed. But I, I Cooper DeGene is way better. But like, I feel like that's a part of it too. It's this like, kid can he catch the football? That, any punt that moves that I, guy backwards? Quick story, like sideways um, back, like a Cooper DeGene can catch the ball now. Whether it's it my team or not, I go Iowa two A high school. Um, like, my brother, it was, no he was a senior, stuff, and he did. And they were playing OA, and I think OA was okay at that point. And they came out and they slacked uh, my brother's team. And this sophomore had like literally like 250 receiving yards. And I'm like, who the hell is this kid? Like 250 receiving yards in Iowa at two way level is insane. Well, that became Gilbert DeGene. And then he played quarterback for two years and then won two straight uh, state titles. Cause, so, yes, he, I've seen him. He can play receiver uh, at, in the Big Ten. Well, fuck, put him up there. Give Deacon Hill somebody to throw. You could throw him. Like, I've seen it. Deacon Hill back to back weeks with six. Granted, they didn't have to throw the ball. We already talked about it. They ran the ball so effectively. Back to back weeks with six completions. Got to knock that up a little bit. JP, before I move on to uniforms, you kind of look like you're starting on something, or am I going to move on here? You might get more. Okay. Okay. Good. Nope. 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 I like it. All right. Last thing before we recap. No, you can uh, go on. Who is I mean, the I best don't. dog's dog There's around. We'll go to I, uniform I of the week. My face in, in articles each week. No, I was just giving everybody a preview. <laughs> uniform of the week. There were some good ones out there. Apparently, my pick sucked, but we'll get to that one later. Oh, Arks. Okay, there you go. I was going to say, don't skip the uniforms. Does it? Okay. Down, Are we going to get into this debate? Doesn't the helmet, like, isn't the helmet at least 50% of a uniform? Yeah, you didn't Can't pick that a make or break a uniform. Because I'll give. I'll give my not favorite helmet uniform of the week. This I thought it sucked. You guys see Boise State's helmets? I thought that little that little it, fifth grade piece. scribble on their helmets that looks it's stupid as yeah. hell. That looked dumb. That looks so dumb. Get the Bronco back up there. Get you know, the like numbers, the whatever you want to do, but don't do that. That looked dumb, and you lost because That's of it. Fun. That was the That's only so reason why you lost because that stupid scribble on your helmet. <laughs> Let's move on to a good pick. Parks. Park. Oh, sorry. What did you say, JP? I love it's people get, as bad as. I love getting fired up as... over typography. That's what I'm talking about, Jake. The Ball State, like. It's terrible. It is terrible. You've seen, like, the Ball State helmets where they ha- it's all Parks. black and they have, like. Get us started. Because I do like this pick. I like this pick a lot. State in white lettering. No outline, no nothing. Just Ball State. <laughs> like, the most common. It's awful. Just go on. You're gone. I was just saying. Yeah, there's a lot of good uniforms out there. A lot of things that were shown for coming weeks that are big in the uniform world. Um, I thought there were a few honorable mentions that we missed, but I think we hit the nail on the head. I think, Jake, you could have done better. I agree with JP. Um, But I went with Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State rolled out an orange-orange-white combo. Their new tops, their new like throwback. It's kind of a mixture, a modern era of the Barry Sanders area. throwback jerseys, but then their, their helmets, they went orange with the standard OSU logo that you're used to. With the thin two black lines, white thick stripe, it looked great. It can still had a throwback feel, but it had the modern like I normal see the Oklahoma OG State logo, not the cowboy the, or like the, the script cowboy the white or mask, even pistol the white helmet. But it was a great back, look. The, it's the live on Twitter already, so if you haven't looked logo. at it, go like, look I gotta at see it all that four again. of these are live. Like if they're going throwback with with the or you got to do the orange or the white helmet with the orange logo and instead of the black outline, do the white outline like you did with Barry Sanders. Like, when are we, when are we going to get those back, fellas? Like, I don't want to complain. That's that's very true. Because when they throw, like, a gray and black together, you're like, what the hell? And then mm. it's like, no, it looks awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> it looks awesome. It would be really hard Jordan, for them to fuck no. anything up. Yeah, Jordan, you can, you can get us started. This was a team that played – they played Wednesday, Ooh. and they just – it was a horrible it loss. Works. But they – Look good, play bad. We've said this. We've said we said this before. Look good, play bad. Arizona State University. They are not a good team, but the Miami Vice FIU uniforms were pretty spicy. There, they look nice. I don't. I didn't. Not, not a big advocate. advocate not like FIU getting blue on like pulling up in the Vice uniforms. Who they play? Didn't they play There's UTEP? UTEP picks it off uniforms. to end the game. Just my they run over to the Miami Vice football. vehicle. <laughs> they post a picture in front of it. Oh, that's just tough. You see, you can't you can't lose in those uniforms. You can't do it. Reese, JP, give we'll the go to yours. I did not get palm a chance to even watch sleeves, this game, so I don't know what they the leg. pulled up in. Nice Talk touches, telling the details, Sounds like baby. you're doing it for me. It was yep. great. <laughs> it was great. 
So Utah, they went with like kind of a Native American type U on the helmet, just a, just a big old U, um, Native American style within, yep, and then yep. kind of on their shoulder pads as well. They had a black top on the shoulder pads. They matched the same kind of style, um, almost like kind of like a tribal look. If you see like those guys with the Pan Pacific tattoos and stuff like that, like those those badass tattoos, like kind of like that on the helmets. Um, I don't. I'm not a big fan when like your your top is a different color than your pants. I think when everything's monochromatic and looks good, they wore the red pants with that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He's got it right there. That's a but great yeah, pick. Um, uh, you guys all did a great like, job, I mean, and apparently we're going to save the worst for last, chest, according like to it, some. It sticks up enough. For, uh, but I want to highlight West Virginia. Um, they yeah, didn't change the uniforms. They still wore their regular like white and white helmet or white jersey, white pants, like blue blue lettering. Nothing ever changed. But the helmet I thought was a very nice touch. They came out uh, with their regular. Blue helmet with their gold logo, except this time they put the state of West Virginia in there uh, with the West Virginia logo. I thought it was a pretty cool touch. I would like to see more teams uh, do this as well. And I think like the visor even said country roads or something like that. The back of the helmet still says it. When you make, everybody knows I like throwbacks, but when you make touches to your state, like I, I really like that look. I think when basketball arenas have like the outline of the state with the logo in it, like Texas used to do it. I know Missouri used to do it. Like, I really like that. So I would like to see more teams do it. Uh, and I, I hope West Virginia wears these a couple more times this year. But once again, look good, play bad. Just can't happen. I, I gave Oregon – I think Oregon wore a similar one that I gave a couple of weeks ago. Like, they wore white helmets with, like – yeah, you didn't. Nobody wanted to call out Oregon or even Houston. Like those were both. But I gave, happen. I gave, I was gonna do that one, but I gave Oregon. It was a very similar. No, this look. is the They're first time I wore the eggshell. Is there one I missed? The eggshell is so Oregon? nice. I you love said, it. Said, like, I, I love it. Yeah, they've they've done those blacks. I was like, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Why do you just you go all black? You paint Houston. the end zone black. Houston and then you go a white helmet and then a black logo. Cool. Why? Why would you yeah, do that? Not Why that not helmet. go a black it's helmet not, with a white logo? Or a red logo, Reese. I like it. Yeah. Why Why the white helmet? That, that ruins it. If you're going to do black out, black the hell out. <laughs> Take 28 beers deep, white, black out. White <laughs> that's, what the, that's the black out I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> that's what these teams need to do Thanks. all right last one before we that's close like, it out for the day like a like a we'll go over our dogs dog for the weekend <laughs> dogs were uh i don't know if they were barking they they you know they were gr- they were growling they were growling little ankle biters little ankle biters they were growling uh was i the only one who not only won was, but covered Mine was, Whoa, you know, a little boy, step, and then you got put All right. Uh, I take a commanding lead. No, nah, I'm just kidding. It's not a commanding lead because Parks could win one outright, and he's going to be tied with me. But I'm at nine yep. with another outright win from yep. Oklahoma State. Yep. Parks is still yep. at six. Reese and Jordan are still at four. I think Jordan's been at four since week two, week three. <laughs> and it's getting worse. Reese or Jordan. We need I threw them in a par. I threw. I, mean, I teased. I threw in a parlay just because you not took even it. I had no idea what the matchup. I, I didn't even look at it. I was like, Jordan, that's his dog's dog. Like okay, I'll, I'll tease that a little bit. Give me some. Give me some coverage. That's, I, that's all I went. I told you why. I said there's no reason other than the pure. You'll do with what we can. All right. Like they got to play. That covers it for week seven against Ohio State. This or Maryland. The season just keeps delivering. Like I have no complaints. I'm sure you guys don't either. Before we head out, continue to follow us on socials uh, at Play the Fight Song on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Are we all Play the Fight Song on all the platforms, or are we something else? Okay, there you go. Hey, I. If anybody didn't know, I run I run TikTok, so that's the only one I needed to know. Play follow the fight, pod play the fight on every platform besides on all other TikTok. platforms. You guys need to follow us anywhere. Uh, I think JP and Kim, you, you just did a really nice a job of updating old Twitter yesterday. If, if, whoever it was, or maybe it was both of you. Oh, okay, great job, Kim. He was he was giving you highlights, giving you great uh, graphics that we threw up on our Instagram page as well. Uh, and yeah, our 
we got another good TikTok that was ball video up of the Hail Marys from this weekend. If you have not seen parts. those and you nice. live under a rock. So anybody else got anything else before we head out for week eight? All right. On that note. Yeah, I'm just going to chime this in. Nobody can chirp me. Maybe we'll uh, give me Nebraska. Before we get into week eight, don't put them out. We will be back out to you guys on Thursday. And maybe we'll talk a little bit more about Nebraska winning the West. But for now, Cowboy's going to send us out. I got it for him. Play it! Back calling me splurge, let me jump right out the curve. Bitless yeah. my fly like a bird. Spin on the first and the third. Yeah. Solid, I'm keeping my word. Can't be my equal, I don't know what you heard. Yeah. Crack up the four and I swear. Keep me a stick if they purge. Young girl don't wanna they working my nerves. I'm about to pull some serve. Yeah. Fucking this bitch like a purr. Yeah. Smack on the back of a purr. Yeah. Ice. The bird, uh, shitting on all you little turds. Can't take that dick with your turn. In my own line, we can't merge. So, with no heads, you can learn. Let's see how much you can earn. Why me go big like the worm? And I ain't smoking no shirt. I'ma need be with P. Liddy. QP, QP ski. All of my bitches is pretty, they showing their titties is up to the ceiling. I let her run through a million, I rock with.